Welcome to the Triple Top Line podcast. This is the first podcast where you can learn how your business can create a positive impact on people, the planet, and profit. Here we bring the most brilliant minds from the startup and sustainability worlds to share their opinions and ideas around the topic. I'm Alex, co-founder at Catalyst Adventures, and I'll be here as the host on the show. And welcome to today's episode. Here in the studio, I am joined by Jihan Hyde from Comunique. So I'm a very warm welcome to you, first of all, Jihan. And I'm going to leave the tricky task of explaining who you are over to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the difficult part to you um, for you to introduce yourself and tell the listeners, you know, what it is you do and 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 who are you? Yes, oh, yes, it is actually the difficult part. I must admit. Um, so my name, so I am Jihan Hyde, as you said, and my startup is called Comunique. We are a ESG communications uh, consultancy, and we offer two different services. We offer ESG integration within a business model, and we offer ESG communications internally for employees and externally for customers and investors. We are a team of nine, and we are all from underdeveloped countries and underrepresented communities. And Fantastic. That's it. That's you in a nutshell. Superb. And and let's let's jump straight into to making sure that our listeners understand the the terminology we're using as well. So you've said ESG. So in short, what what is ESG? So ESG stands for environmental, social impact, and governance. And it is a terminology that's been uh, it it has been available for a while. But it really kicked off in 2019 due to the investors insisting that companies need to showcase how people on planet focus they are. If we look at the E aspect, it's all about what is your impact from an environmental point of view. So all of about your waste management, your water consumption, carbon footprint. The S is all about your social impact. So think about your employee welfare, your societal impact, your CSR or corporate social responsibility programs within the communities. The governance, which in my opinion is the interesting as well, as interesting as the uh, E, is how would you govern your company? How are, how is your board uh, formed? What is the gender pay gap between the board? How, what is the diversity between the board? And what are the risk and compliances policies that you have to protect your company from reputational damage? And in short, this is what ESG stands for. Succinctly said, thank you. And, and then the obvious question, I guess, for some people will be, you know, we've lived, we've lived without it until now, or until 2019, or, or in the last decade. So, so why should we care now? There are so many reasons why we should care because if you look at your investors, so, and, and the data doesn't lie. For me, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of data. So if you look at your investors, you have 84% uh, of the global uh, asset under management uh, investing is now completely rebranded themselves into uh, green investment and sustainable investments. 
um, if you look at the consumers, let's say in the UK where I'm based, one in three consumers have said that they will only buy from a, uh, they will only buy a product that is people on planet friendly. If you look at employees, in 2022, 70% of the population are going to be millennials and Gen Zers. And 65% of them said that they will not be working for a company that is not taking people on planet seriously in its operation and in its impact. And this is why, and of course, COVID hit, it allowed all of us to sit down and reflect on what purpose we have in this life, what impact we want to do as human beings. And as a result, we, everyone is now thinking about people on planet. And this is why ESG is crucial for companies to, to report on. And when, when you talk about the, the investors demanding this, this is definitely my experience as well, that we seem to have gone through a wave uh, from my, my experience in banking where, uh, you know, uh, companies were, were then looking at or, or you know, putting together funds. It was thinking, OK, which which kind of companies do we exclude? So if they're, you know, investing in tobacco, investing in arms, then we exclude those. And then we we move towards you know ESG as a tool for for monitoring, for measuring, for reporting, and then you know to put this into context of what we're talking around today with ESG and triple top line, it's then making that step one step further. How how can we then actually build new business models uh, which are much more circular in nature, where you know the ESG is not just about reducing the negative, but then uh, actually looking at how can we make this a positive positive impact from the start. And this is why I'm really intrigued by the triple top line that you have uh, introduced me to. And I, I, I'm just really interested to understand as well, how, how would companies combine triple top line with ESG? Okay, okay. So let's, let's, let's go into that a little bit further. Let's start off uh, the, the, the discussion uh, after this introduction. Uh, with a with a short icebreaker and a, a a chance to understand you at a more personal level, habit uh, sustainable or not sustainable that uh, that you would like to make here in twenty twenty two. Oh God, um, what is the habit that I want to break this year? It will be buying consumerism. That is a habit that I want to break and specific and specifically with fashion. So I have at the beginning of January, I have made a pact with myself that I will not buy any clothes for this year. Wow, and even okay. if I need it, I will have to make do with what I have because I am originally from Sudan. And if I, if they can survive, if my family can survive on a piece of t-shirt, a t-shirt for five years, I am sure I can survive with one for a year. So that is the habit that I want to implement. Or break. Super. Yes. Really, really great intention for, for, for starting the year. And uh, I was just, I actually, I, I, put a, I put a shirt on last, last night and I, I, was, I realized this shirt's actually 15 years old. So uh, I'm I'm supporting you on that journey, and uh, yeah, 
I'm, yeah, I'm, talk to me yeah. again after a year, okay? So let's yeah. do this. Again. Yeah, let's have a call after in December and let's see how stinky and, and raggedy I'm going to look like. And then let's see if it's a habit worth breaking or not. Okay, Sound, sounds like a good challenge. Let's, uh, let, let's check that out later this, uh, later this year. So, Jihan, what what about your background then? I mean, you you've talked about Communique and and the the journey that you're on now with the team and and the consultancy uh, and services that you're you're providing. But what has shaped your thinking around creating the business? Why? What what were you doing before that made you think, yeah, this is actually really important and this will this will bring me me uh, fulfillment in purpose. Um, so my background is marketing. My background is marketing and advertising. And I, whoever knows me very well, they will also tell you that I'm a very curious person. And I'm constantly wanting to try different things. So I worked in marketing. I was head of uh, North Africa brand, uh, brand manager for North Africa with Philip Morris. And then, and then I realized, yeah, marketing isn't really for me. So, but let me give it another shot. So I went and worked in the UN in Geneva in marketing i then realized marketing is definitely not something that makes me wake up in the morning and i went into advertising i went into pr hated pr i am not a pr person nor will i ever will be um however i found my true passion in employee communications and i stumbled upon it i always stumble by the way alex you'll find me stumbling all the time on things um, so I stumbled upon it in 2012, and it was a new, it was a new uh, segment within corporate comms. And this is where I worked in Barclays. I was head of change comms. I worked in HSBC, head of change comms, and I found my true passion. Finally, however, when COVID hit, I realized that there is that. When I reflected back on me, I realized okay. I'm not I'm not happy in what I'm doing. I'm not happy communicating sustainability and governance and social impact for other people and working for other people. I want to work for myself and I want to create a company that has a social impact. And this is where Communique was born in, in 2021. Yes, January. And the ethos Fantastic. of Communique, yeah, the ethos of Communique is to uh, to equip all of the communication uh, communicators who are with me to really develop and build on the portfolio so that they will have access to the developed world and work in big companies. That's been a lovely resume of, of you as someone who's you know constantly curious, constantly trying and exploring new things, going through these these different journeys and then and then finding that moment of yes. I've got it. I know what I want to do. And actually then, you know, transferring all of this knowledge and passion that you've brought together before and engaging it uh, fully with, with Communique. So lovely, uh, lovely story to hear. Thank you. And, 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 and what about, what about startups and FinTech and sustainability? What's your experience in, in this space? Again, I stumbled into FinTech completely by pure coincidence. I stumbled into FinTech. Um, and that's when I launched Communique and I, I was intrigued by the industry and by the sector. Uh, and I, I started looking into it. I started, um, learning a lot about it. So I am familiar with the financial services from, um, from HSBC, Barclays, KPMG. I know 
everything I need to know from that point of view. I didn't know anything about financial technology. Um, but then when I, when I looked into it and when I researched it even further, I realized it is the sector that I want to be working in and I want to be part of its growth because it's the one sector, in my opinion, that would help combat the climate crisis, the people on planet, you know, and through, to, through the technology. And if we even look now at, if we look at uh, the numbers, um, there is 505 fintechs who are green um, focused, or just, just started and set up in Europe alone. And I've also seen the impact of financial technology in Africa and how it really benefits the society and has an impact on society and well-being. And for me, it's all about education. If you have the, if you have the income and you have access to this income, you have education. And if you have education, you'll have awareness and you will help combat climate crisis and social uh, um, mobility. So this is why I was interested, and this is where Communique is now focused. And, uh, you know, one of the things that really brought me to fintech was this sense of, you know, new companies being able to disrupt traditional banking models, and especially helping them to serve underserved people. And they could be underserved for a whole range of reasons, whether it's, uh, you know, their because of their gender, their sexual orientation, whether it's access, sort of physical access to to, to banking services, um, whether it's just you know based on cost, I think there are a lot of really exciting um, startups out there and fintechs, so financial technology firms that are disrupting this this area. Could you share some examples uh, in in Africa of the the kinds of startups that you've been impressed by? Yes, but I'm more thinking about the ones that are not known and have actually a lot of impact. So, for example, in Sudan. There's a company called Zane, and it is part of a wider international company in, the, in, in Africa, but in each country, it's, it's branded differently. And Zane actually offered uh, an ability for mobile, phone, for mobile payment. And I saw firsthand how a whole community in Darfur during the war despite them dying with hunger and drought, they were still able to get payments and make payments. And that is what helped us and my family to build. So we, we built a small, um, not hospital, a small um, school. And it was purely thanks to this technology that we were able to build the school and help the youngsters to stay away, to get their minds away from from death and from the sadness and focus on happier things and education. So to me, that would be one of the examples that immediately comes back comes into my mind. And and, that, and that's just a wonderful example that's so personal, and and something that's really been able. You've seen firsthand the impact that that technology has actually had on families, on communities. So thank you for, for, for sharing that with us. Yeah, no problem. So I've never shared it with anyone, to be fair. You're the first one who's ever heard this story from me. Thank you. So, yes. Thank, you. thank I'm, you. I'm not sure how my family will feel. Let's see. But I, but I think, you know, this is this is something that's in, in, incredibly enriching. You know, it's really easy for us to sit here and for me to, you know, to talk about M-Pesa in Kenya. 
I haven't been to Kenya. I've never used it. Right. And, and, and that just seems, you know, okay, it's an example, but it's still pretty vague and abstract. You've, you've come into with something really concrete, really personal, you know, with a, you know, clear, you know, clearly communicating the benefit that people have got from that. And I think this is just, you know, priceless to, to, to share examples like this. So, so really, thank you. Thank you so much. So, so when I, when I also think about um, uh, fintechs that, um, and, and their impact, I'm also thinking, you know, a lot of them, you know, often start off um, saying, I want to have kind of, you know, a, a, a positive social impact and I want to make money. Uh, and this is what we see with Catalyst Ventures is there has been this shift in the last couple of years whereby young entrepreneurs want to, you know, not just make money, but actually have a positive impact as well. And this has been really exciting for us. And part of our challenge has been to widen that, not just to the social impact and the profit, but then thinking also about the, the environmental side. And, and this, we come back to, to ESG with the environmental and the, and the governance factors and thinking, okay, so, so you know, why we help to encourage these companies to adopt ESG principles, to report and communicate on them? What, what do you see as the, the challenges that, that startups are facing, the ones that you're working with and, and talking to? Number one is that because they're startups and they're small, they don't really need to report on it yet. There are several reasons why people or companies want to report. Either they are purposeful and that's how they were formed. So they, it comes natural to them to be transparent and accountable, or they're forced by their investors and, and customers, or the most importantly, they're forced by the regulators. So for example, if you look at uh, the UK, the largest 1,300 companies in the UK are now forced to report using a specific method, which is the TCFD uh, reporting, which is the Task Force for Climate Disclosure, uh, Financial Disclosure, TCFD, yes, Financial Disclosure. And it's all about forward facing and it's all about how would a company want to save the planet by investing in it, into it financially. So this is from a large organization. From a smaller organization, you don't have really any regulator telling you to report, not yet. The smallest is 250 uh, employees. Below that, you're under the radar. So that's one reason why people are not yet reporting. The second reason will be they don't know how. There are no specific standards that they could, um, they could adhere to. So to give you an example, a company that I'm working with at the moment not working with actually, I know them, I know the owner. She's a B Corp leader, uh, she's a B Corp certified, just like I am, I'm a B Corp pending at the moment from a community point of view. They, I, so they're really purposeful, so they really know why they want to do so and why they need to report. But guess what? They came to me today and said, how do we calculate our carbon footprint? We have no idea. We've just passed the assessment, yes, from B Corp. We're very happy. But what do you do? So imagine 
a purposeful company who should know everything don't know how to start the process or so let alone a financial technology startup who don't know anything about ESG or people on planet not required yet so this is why so this is why there's a challenge and and when when is that holy grail coming of harmonized regulation around reporting standards what do you what do you hope for is this you know a year away 5 years away 10 years away i wish i had the answer i would personally say 5 maximum 5 okay, okay. because they won't get away with it not because just the regulator the customers are really going to force them and there is a piece of data that came out i can't remember now the source of it but they were saying in the uk and i'm trying to be very as accurate as possible right now in the uk uh, uh five to ten five in ten Gen Zers do not want to bank with a bank or use a payment method that is not people on planet focused. What I see a lot of is that companies are really motivated, like you said, by the fact that their customers are millennials and Gen Z, and it's going to be them that's buying their, their, their products and services. And if that company is not addressing ESG factors, then those customers will you know, bypass them, they will boycott them, and and step away from from mm -hmm. from from those companies. Yeah. You know, you also have uh, this this challenge of labor market. How how on earth can we you know attract and retain good talent? So you know, can companies really survive in five or ten years time if they're not factoring in ESG and and not paying attention for 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 such such young people? They will not survive they will not survive i mean even look at the traditional banks at the moment they're the most dinosaurial institutions you can ever find and they if they are the dinosaurs of this generation of this you know industry and they actually came out and said we won't survive without buying and 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 working closely with fintechs Wow, I wonder how would the youngsters do? How would the startups survive? No one was going to, and frankly speaking, I don't want them to survive. They're the wrong, they're the wrong startups and companies for our society and our planet. And I would not be want to be associated, nor would I want to be one of their customers or even investors. I think you've you've hit the hit the nail on the head there, and that's that's a very clear trend. That's 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 happening and, and shaping the the future of uh, of our industries. Talking about uh, communication uh, and and why uh, Communique and you're working with you know not just the the ESG consulting but also the communication around this, uh, we saw a few years ago we did a study um, on on the startup scene in in the Baltics where we were looking at how do startups contribute to sustainable development goals. Yeah. And and we saw that you know the vast majority of them they actually you know really are contributing somewhere to to some of the to some of the goals, which is a really positive thing, but sort of a huge percentage of them had a no idea that the SDGs existed, and even less idea that they were doing anything positive to to contribute to them. So 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 what is the potential that's out there in the communication area of what companies are doing, and why is it that that's so important for you? The reason communicating 
environmental impact, social impact, governance, United Nations Sustainable Development Goal, all of these frameworks, the B Corp goal frameworks. The reason it's really important for me to utilize communications because I genuinely don't think people would implement these frameworks if they don't understand it. And it's our job as communication professionals to simplify the technicalities of these framework in a way that they would get it. So to give you an example, I have now, I'm now working closely with a music insight research company. And the reason I've hired them and they're helping me is because I want to communicate sustainability, which by the way is a word I hate using because to me it means nothing. Uh, and instead I like to use people and planet. So the reason I hired them is because I wanted to communicate people and planet utilizing music. Wow. And if you utilize humor and music, it would it would completely resonate with your audience, which again, 2025, 70% of the population are going to be Gen Zers. This is how you communicate to them. And they're the ones who are going to take the flame and take it forward. If they don't get it, no one will get it. But how do they understand it? Speak their language. And this is why music and humor, I think, is one of the ways. So yes, this is a this and, and to me without communication there is no true change a powerful reason for sure i mean that's 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 got to be the the future and it's also a mindset change as well you need people to change so again to give you an example i am at the moment working towards reporting on our sdg alignment as communique and we're also working towards calculating our carbon footprint. The easiest thing that the carbon um, footprint calculating company that I've hired said to me, you can offset it, which means that whatever energy you're consuming, you can easily go on and plant trees somewhere in Madagascar. I said, no. I said, that's not the solution. And they were like, but why? You've just invested. So we are one of the investors in ecology. Um, and, they, and they were like, but you've just invested in ecology. I said, I invested in ecology because I believe in their purpose and I believe in what they're doing. That doesn't mean that I have to do what they're doing. I will only use ecology when I cannot change the mindset and I cannot change how we emit carbon but the way to really reduce our carbon footprint is by me educating my team behind me on how they should do it it's reduction it's education not the easy way out but then when it comes to sdgs sdgs are the trickiest because it is a framework that there is left for a, a, a lot of interpretation so for example, SDG one, which is the first goal, preventing poverty. What does that mean? How would you prevent poverty? What do you do? I wouldn't know how to. 
So they're leaving us a lot to interpretation. And, I, and this is what I disagree with. You have to be very careful when you are aligning yourself to a framework or you want to report on something, always ask yourself why, how, and what. And always bring someone who is not from your industry to ask these difficult questions because they will unravel you with the questions that you, I bet you, you will not have the answers for. I think that's a, that's a really good piece of advice and a, and a good, uh, you know, sort of toolkit in there asking how, how, why, and what, you know, about what you're doing and, uh, and, and, and having those questions being asked to you by people both inside and outside your industry as well. So really, uh, really, really useful, um, you know, starting point. I think, you know, like I often feel very confused, you know, where, where do I begin? Where do I start? Uh, and, and for me sort of on my, my journey, it, it's also been this sense of, okay, so I'm driving a car. It's not good. So when, when can I, you know, reduce the car? Okay. Reducing it, that's fine, but I'm still having a, a negative impact. Okay. So now I'm going to buy a hybrid car, but I'm still burning fossil fuel. So, so what do I do about that? And then how do I go? And, and, and this, I think brings us really nicely back to, to, to this, the, the concept of ESG. So if we're looking at that from the E perspective, the environment, you know, over time, I've been reducing my environmental impact. So it's, it's been, it's been being less bad by using the car less by driving a hybrid car. You know, when can I get to an electric car and when can I have an electric car that's, you know, purely run on renewable energy. So then it's, uh, it's actually, uh, you know, carbon, carbon neutral uh, by, by having that. And then of course you get to the difficult question around the supply chains and, and, and so on. But, but this is also, I think the essence of, of what we talk about with triple top line is when we're saying to, to, uh, you know, supporting startups, to make that transition to a circular economy business model from day one so that that fintech can say okay well we you know as part of our business we're going to use exclusively and then you know from there it's it's not that they've started off you know sort of burning coal <laughs> and and then reducing it down to biofuels or wood and then but actually jumping all the way up to to a, a net zero from from day one and possibly even having a positive impact um for for with 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 some other form of compensation and 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 this this for me is this this conceptual difference between esg uh, which is which is very much about the measuring reporting uh, and hopefully communicating around you know how people are doing less bad or how companies are doing less bad and helping them to actually shift into these circular business models from day one and from there well, it was actually thanks to you guys that um, once I got introduced to the triple top line, even though I was unclear about it at the beginning, um, it also taught me something and that is to ask the questions to my clients. So right now we only take on a client who we could physically understand what is their impact? Why do they want to communicate ESG and to communicate people and planet? And once we understand the why, and, and this is all, by the way, at the beginning in the pitching process, we haven't even gone in yet. Once we understand why, and once we try to understand how we will add benefit to them, this is when we go ahead with the pitch. If we feel that we are not helping them get to the ultimate goal, or if, it's, if it doesn't agree with our ways of working then we don't we don't work with them 
so, so, so do I understand correctly as well, then that with Communique, you're actually looking at a customer and thinking, uh, if we engage with them, we will be able to see a measurable difference in their ESG standards as a result of the, the work. So by helping them to measure their environmental impact, we can help them to manage it, we can help them to reduce the negatives, and, and that's actually something measurable and tangible that, that you can grab onto. Do I understand that correctly? Yes. So in, so in addition to what you have just said, we also measure the impact of communication on all of the initiatives that they want us to help them with. And if we feel that this communication activity is going to change the mindsets and it's going to have an impact on, on society and environment, this is where we go in. And we mainly focus on employees and on customers. So, so this is something that's also very close to, to our hearts with Catalyst Ventures in the sense that, you know, we want to be able to help companies to, to see the result of, of the, those, of those changes. So it might be, you know, how many more people have they been able to attract or retain as employees thanks to these initiatives? Or how much has customer satisfaction increased as a result of these initiatives? How many people have got a sort of favorable tone of voice uh, around the company because of things, uh, initiatives? Is, are those the kind of metrics that you're talking about as well? Yes, in addition to further metrics. So, for example, from the employee, other than the satisfaction, it's also how did they change their behaviors? How did they change their habits to reflect? the new ways of thinking we all we measure we measure what the sentiments of the community that they work in so if, to give you an example one of our clients is a FTSE 100 uh, based in the uk and they wanted to understand what social impact do they have on the community within london there was a small community they operate in a small area um, and they wanted to understand how do they do so so what we did is we work closely with um, a, a social impact calculator to understand if this company donates or gives one pounds to society in reality, what would be the what would be the amount coming back from an impact point of view? And the result was they would let's say they invest in educating uh, past offenders in the uh, in in this community when they invest in this offender by 10 pounds they know for a fact or we were able to calculate for a fact that this offender once he works or she works she will yield 20 pounds that so she really, would put, that they would put back into society does that make sense uh, totally and uh, you know again this is a really nice sort of clear tangible cause effect relationship that you're able to manage and measure and uh, and report on as well. So I, I can imagine that this is, uh, you know, a but really we, satisfying part. It was, it was, but we didn't come up with this. So we are not the ones who are very technical. So we are, we are the ones who understand what it entails from an E, the S, the G. We are the ones who would come in and ask the difficult questions that would make you really become vigidy and aggregated. But we are also the ones 
who would help you find the right partners to partner with. We will not be able to help you calculate the social impact ourselves because we are not in that, in that sphere. Our strength is asking questions, guiding you towards the right partners and communicating it effectively. Superb. And you, you've talked a little bit, I mean, you've talked there also about sort of stakeholder management, community, engaging communities. There, I mean, there are lots of other uh, sort of topics and words that, that, that are around the, the whole ESG area. So materiality is something that, that we talk about with a lot. Could you explain in short what materiality means, please? In short, when you decide that you want to start reporting on your impact, whether it's environment impact, social impact, you need to understand what is the important things that matters to you. So if we look at a company called Adobe, for them, they realize that what's really important to them to measure and report on is how diverse they are within the company. And then the second most important to them was to report on their energy consumption. So a materiality assessment is literally a set of data or a set of um, uh, topics that you think it's super important to you as a company and you want everyone in the world to understand what you're doing to solve this problem. And there will be high impact materiality. So there'll be a high importance, medium importance, lower importance. For Adobe, for example, for them, the waste management is not important. It doesn't concern them because they don't have a lot of it. So that was the low uh, priority. So my advice to you as a startup if you want to understand, if you if you decide to report and be transparent, think of what are the important aspects that you are super proud of and that you want to be focused focusing on when you want to report. Is it diversity and inclusion? Is it waste management? Is it energy consumption? Is it employee satisfaction? What is it? And based on that, this is where you create your ESG report. I think that's that's a really really helpful guide as well for for listeners. So so thank you for for sharing for sharing that. You you also talked about uh, how you didn't like the word sustainability. Uh, I would also agree with you. Tell me what what words do you use then in, instead of sustainability, and and what's the thinking around that? Oh, I thought you didn't pick up on that. I I, I was like, yeah yeah, good. He, he didn't he didn't focus with that. That's good. We'll just leave it there. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I only use people on planet. I only use people on planet. I know there's a lot of words out there like uh, regenerative, for example. Again, from a non-English speaker, it means nothing to me. I don't understand it. Don't forget, I'm, I'm working in Arabic. I'm working in, I'm speaking in English, but thinking in Arabic. So I need to be very careful and mindful that I need to communicate in a language that's understood by everyone. And the problem we have at the moment, 90, 80%, I've just written an article about it for FinTech Futures. Um, in, so I'm one of their uh, guest blogger and I have a whole section on, on all about ESG communications. 
and the, my latest blog was about language. So for me, sustainability isn't a, isn't a word that is understood by everyone. And fortunately for us, it's been used for a different context. So for example, someone was like, oh yeah, it's, it's not sustainable that we keep on waking up every day super early at four o'clock. I was like, okay, fine. Um, so yeah, I just use simple people, planet. That's it, simple. We, we've, we, I mean, we've had very much the same challenges over the over the years, and uh, yeah, I think you know, in in short, my my understanding is the way that we live today on the planet, it's it's not sustainable. So we we need to change that. So for, so very often, just talking about sustainability is uh, is not a not a solution on its uh, on its own. And and that, that that then brings us around to to, to storytelling. Um, you know, you've you've you know just told a very personal story about the experience of a fintech. Uh, in Darfur, actually being useful, you know, personally at a family level, at a community level, how how I mean, how how important is storytelling in general, and and how do you weave that to your your work with Communique? The simple answer: storytelling telling has to be in all of your communications when it comes to such a technical topic like people on planet. Why? because we are human beings who live by being part of a community, live by having memories. And if you look at history, history is storytelling. Without storytelling, we would not know who we are or where we come from. So storytelling for me is very, is very important and it needs to be a positive story. Because as human beings, we are not wired to remember the bad memories. We are wired to be protective of ourselves, of our well-being, by switching off and forgetting these memories. Even in Arabic, the, the word human being in Arabic means the forgetful. Wow. So in Arabic, it's called insan. Insan comes from forgetful. So we are wired to forget. The only, one, the only stories that would resonate with us are the happy stories, the, the stories that would take us back to happy memories. And my advice is that when you are communicating the amazing work that you are doing, focus on the positives that you, what you're doing. Don't focus on the negatives. And when you're creating creative campaigns, don't make it a shocking campaign such as Greenpeace. Greenpeace, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love their campaigns. It's one of the most imaginative campaigns, but it's also the most shocking campaign. They shock you. And they just recently, like last year, literally recently, where they've started adding, what role can you play? Before that, it was just factual, shocking, makes you cry, and then that's it. Now they started adding, which is another tip as well. Besides the storytelling, tell your readers and your audience, what do you want them to do? How, what role do they play in bringing your initiatives to life? Because we love to be involved. We like to be feeling that we're important as human beings. I mean, this, what, what you're saying totally resonates with me from the fact that, you know, over, over the last, yeah, yeah, 
decade and more, it, it's always been, you know, don't drive that sports car, you know, print less paper, you know, don't do this, don't do that. It's been so much focused on the negative. So I think it's so refreshing, as you said, we're, we're hardwired for for the positivity. Yeah. And, and I think this is a, these are great words of encouragement for the audience to think, you know, whatever I'm doing, let's look at the positives, let's build on those positives and then communicate them and talk about them, weave those into stories. And, and this is a really, uh, really empowering way to operate rather than the, the, the negatives and the, and the shock factor. Absolutely. So, so you've, you know, very consciously been talking about people and planet, and we talk a lot about people, planet and profit. So why, why do you avoid the word profit or, you know, is it a dirty word? Is there something negative in there? What's your view on that? Oh, it's not a dirty word. It's something that is very important to me because I, I'm a businesswoman. I'm an investor. You know, I'm a communicator. I understand the language of profit. If without profit, there is no company. So I know for a fact profit is key, but it doesn't need to be communicated clearly. It's to me, it's a given that we need to make money to survive. So it always comes at the back of my mind. It's not something that I will always say, oh yeah, if we do this, because of this, we're going to increase our profit. I don't know. I just focus on people and the planet. The profit is coming whether we like it or not, because there won't be a people or planet without profit. So, so we've, we've been talking about lots of different concepts here, uh, words we like, words we don't like. And, uh, you know, another one that comes up then is greenwashing, uh, talking about telling stories. Is that a controversial word in your mind? Are you skeptical about greenwashing? How, how, how does it look from, from your perspective as a communicator? I have to admit, greenwashing is very tricky for a communicator. Um, because it's the communicator's job to tell a story that is truthful. But if the communicator doesn't have the knowledge or the technical knowledge to ask questions and really, really push the agenda, they won't be able to figure out if they're or to under, to to yeah to understand if this is right data or wrong story and i have to admit i fell in that trap so many times because at the beginning in my esg journey i struggled i struggled to understand what's real and what's not and i have to admit the only thing that saved communique is the fact that we are naive we always act naive by asking questions so for example one of our potential clients i mean we did work with them we did work i'm, I'm happy that we did actually because i've learned a lot from them and they've learned a lot from us and that was they were using a lot of big words and a lot of words that is non-committal and the data set they used, so they use three different methodology, uh, reporting methodology. They use the GRI, which is the Global Reporting Initiative, alongside TCFD and alongside the UN Sustainable Goals. So they're combining all three in one report. And I, if it wasn't for us sit, sitting down with the sustainability team and saying, what does that really mean? 
And why did you choose this method instead of this method when you calculated your carbon? And what does carbon capturing mean again? So because of that, we were able to really pick the holes, but it's not a luxury that everyone has, especially if you're in-house in a big organization and you're so busy with your business as usual communications, you won't be able to see the trees for the woods, as the British would say. Um, so it's a very dangerous um, word, to be fair. And it can make or break your brand reputation if you do, if you get it wrong, basically. Super. And, and, and then we, we sort of, uh, you know, I reflect back on, on what we've been talking about here all the way, you know, from greenwashing backwards uh, through, through storytelling, through, uh, you know, materiality advice for uh, you know, uh, sort of toolkits, how to manage processes, how to, uh, you know, measure, how to understand your, your people and planet impact. And I, I think, you know, one of the things that I'm most passionate about from what you've been talking around is the whole concept of storytelling. So as a, as a sort of a wrap up, I would, I would wish for you, if you haven't already read it, there's a really good book uh, by Rutger Bregman, uh, who's a Dutch journalist. And he um, has written a book called Humankind. And it's full of examples of looking at the positivity and goodness that, that humans have done and uh, oh, and how we're that. exactly how you said you know sort of hardwired for positivity and you, you sort of got the word insan in, in arabic and and the, the forgetful one well this is a this is a wonderful way of reminding you that we we're actually good 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 humans uh, ultimately and uh, and some great examples my my wish for you what about okay. you do you Thank you. What, what about, what about you? Do you have a book you'd you'd like to uh, to to share recommend to us? Um, I wouldn't recommend a book. I would recommend a service that would provide you with a suite of audiobooks. Because I think right now, and and I might be wrong. I really might be wrong. I think because of COVID and because of the way we're living at the moment. I don't think a lot of people have time to actually read physical books and instead podcasts and audiobooks are really on the rise. Um, so if I am to gift someone, rather than gifting them a book, I would give them the um, a subscription to a online service called Blinks, Blinkist. And that way they can read as much books whatever topics they want however whenever they want without me providing them with just one option and plus it's less polluted <laughs> pollution <laughs> <laughs> excellent excellent jihan hyde from communique it's been an absolute pleasure to talk it's been it's certainly piqued my curiosity i was curious coming into this discussion with you it's uh, it's really been uh, enjoyable I uh, hope you've had fun as well. Thank you, for, thank you so very much for joining us and uh, being on the podcast. Thank you, thank you, Alex. I loved your questions. Thank you for having me. The future is triple top line.